Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Chapter the 35th of Poor Miss Finch. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Poor Miss Finch by Wilkie Collins. Chapter the 35th. Lucilla tries her sight. She was sitting alone in the dim light, with the bandage over her eyes, with her pretty hands crossed patiently on her lap. My heart swelled in me as I looked at her, and felt the horrid discovery that I had made still present in my mind. "'Forgive me for leaving you,' I said, in as steady a voice as I could command at that moment, and kissed her. She instantly discovered my agitation, carefully as I thought I had concealed it. "'You are frightened, too!' she exclaimed, taking my hands in hers. "'Frightened, my love?' I repeated. I was perfectly stupefied. I really did not know what to say. "'Yes. Now the time is so near, I feel my courage failing me. I forebode all sorts of horrible things. Oh, when will it be over? What will Oscar look like when I see him?' I answered the first question. Who could answer the second? "'Herr Grosser comes to us by the morning train,' I said. "'It will soon be over.' "'Where is Oscar?' "'On his way here, I have no doubt.' "'Describe him to me once more,' she said eagerly. "'For the last time, before I see. "'His eyes, his hair, his complexion, everything!' "'How I should have got through the painful task "'which she had innocently imposed on me, "'if I had attempted to perform it, "'I hardly like to think. "'To my infinite relief,' I was interrupted at my first word by the opening of the door and the sudden appearance of family deputation in the room. First, strutting with slow and solemn steps, with one hand laid pathetically on the breast of his clerical waistcoat, appeared Reverend Finch. After him came his wife, shorn of all her proper accompaniments, except the baby, without her novel, without her jacket, petticoat, or shawl, without even the handkerchief which she was always losing, clothed for the first time in my experience in a complete gown. The metamorphosis of damp Mrs. Finch was complete. But for the baby, I believe I should have taken her, in the dim light, for a stranger. She stood, apparently doubtful of her reception, hesitating in the doorway, and so hiding a third member of the deputation, who appealed piteously to the general notice in a small voice, which I knew well, and in a form of address familiar to me from past experience. "'Jicks wants to come in!' 
the rector took his hand from his waistcoat and held it up in faint protest against the interruption of the third member mrs finch moved mechanically into the room jicks appeared hugging her disreputable doll and showing signs of recent wanderings in the white dust which dropped on the carpet from her frock and her shoes as she advanced towards the place in which i was sitting arrived in front of me she peered quaintly up at my face through the obscurity of the room lifted her doll by the legs hit me a smart rap with the head of it on my knees and said jicks will sit here i rubbed my knee and enthroned jicks as ordered at the same time mr finch solemnly stalked up to his daughter laid hands on her head raised his eyes to the ceiling and said in bass notes that rumbled with paternal emotion bless you my child at the sound of her husband's magnificent voice mrs finch became herself again she said meekly how do you do lucilla and sat down in a corner and suckled the baby mr finch set in for one of his harangues my advice has been neglected lucilla my paternal influence has been repudiated my moral weight has been so to speak set aside i don't complain understand me i simply state sad facts here he became aware of my existence good morning madame pratolungo i hope i see you well there has been a variance between us lucilla i come my child with healing on my wings healing being understood for present purposes as reconciliation i come and bring mrs finch with me don't speak mrs finch to offer my heartfelt wishes my fervent prayers on this the most eventful day in my daughter's life no vulgar curiosity has turned my step this way no hint shall escape my lips touching any misgivings which i may still feel as to this purely worldly interference with the ways of an inscrutable providence i am here as parent and peacemaker my wife accompanies me don't speak mrs finch as step-parent and step-peacemaker you understand the distinction madame pratolungo thank you good creature shall i preach forgiveness of injuries from the pulpit and not practise that forgiveness at home can i remain on this momentous occasion at variance with my child lucilla i forgive you with full heart and tearful eyes i forgive you you have never had any children i believe madame pratolungo ah you cannot possibly understand this not your fault good creature not your fault the kiss of peace my child the kiss of peace he solemnly bent his bristly head and deposited the kiss of peace on lucilla's forehead he sighed superbly and in a burst of magnanimity held out his hand next to me my hand madame pratolungo compose yourself don't cry god bless you 
Mrs. Finch, deeply affected by her husband's noble conduct, began to sob hysterically. The baby, disarranged in his proceedings by the emotions of his mamma, set up a sympathetic scream. Mr. Finch crossed the room to them with domestic healing on his wings. This does you credit, Mrs. Finch, but under the circumstances it must not be continued. Control yourself in consideration of the infant. Mysterious mechanism of nature, cried the rector, raising his prodigious voice over the louder and louder screeching of the baby. Marvellous and beautiful sympathy, which makes the maternal sustenance the conducting medium, as it were, of disturbance between the mother and child. What problems confront us, what forces environ us, even in this mortal life? Nature, maternity, inscrutable providence. Inscrutable providence was the rector's fatal phrase. It always brought with it an interruption, and it brought one now. Before Mr. Finch, brimful of pathetic apostrophes, could burst into more exclamations, the door opened, and Oscar walked into the room. Lucilla instantly recognised his footsteps. "'Any signs, Oscar, of Herr Grosser?' she asked. "'Yes, his chaise has been seen on the road. He will be here directly.' Giving that answer, and passing by my chair to place himself on the other side of Lucilla, Oscar cast at me one imploring look, a look which said plainly, Don't desert me when the time comes. I nodded my head to show that I understood him and felt for him. He sat down in the vacant chair by Lucilla and took her hand in silence. It was hard to say which of the two felt the position at that trying moment, most painfully. I don't think I ever saw any sight so simply and so irresistibly touching as the sight of those two poor young creatures, sitting hand in hand, waiting the event which was to make the happiness or the misery of their future lives. "'Have you seen anything of your brother?' I asked, putting the question in as careless a tone as my devouring anxiety would allow me to assume. "'Nugent had gone to meet Herr Grosser,' Oscar's eyes once more encountered mine, and he replied in those terms I saw again the imploring look more marked in them than ever. It was plain to him, as it was plain to me, that Nugent had gone to meet the German with the purpose of making Herr Grosser the innocent means of bringing him into the house. Before I could speak again, Mr. Finch, recovering himself after the interruption which had silenced him, saw his opportunity of setting in for another harangue. Mrs. Finch had left off sobbing, the baby had left off screaming, the rest of us were silent and nervous. In a word, Mr. Finch's domestic congregation was entirely at Mr. Finch's mercy. He strutted up to Oscar's chair. Was he going to propose to read Hamlet? No. He was going to invoke a blessing on Oscar's head. "'On this interesting occasion,' began the rector in his pulpit tones, "'now that we are all united in the same room, all animated by the same hope, I could wish, as pastor and parent, God bless you, Oscar.